Chapter Fourteen of the Curse of Carnes Hold. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. The Curse of Carnes Hold by George Alfred Henty. Chapter Fourteen ronald is offered a commission as soon as mary armstrong reached the hospital the trooper who had accompanied her took her to the surgeon's quarters the officer on hearing that a lady wished to speak to him at once came out i am mary armstrong the girl said as she slipped down from the horse i think my father is here wounded he came up in the wagons the day before yesterday i believe oh yes he's here miss armstrong i had him put in one of the officer's wards that is otherwise empty at present how is he doctor well i'm sorry to say that just at present he's very ill the wounds are not i hope likely to prove fatal though undoubtedly they are very serious but he's in a state of high fever in fact he's delirious principally i think owing to his anxiety about you at least so i gather from the officer who brought him in for he was already delirious when he arrived here i can go to him i hope certainly you can miss armstrong your presence is likely to soothe him the world will be entirely at your disposal i congratulate you most heartily upon getting out of the hands of the kaffirs mr nolan told us of the gallant attempt which a sergeant of the cape mounted rifles was going to make to rescue you but i don't think that any one thought he had the shadow of a chance of success he succeeded doctor as you see but he was wounded to-day just as we were in sight of the town they are bringing him here will you kindly let me know when he comes in and how he is i will let you know at once miss armstrong and now i will take you to your father one of the hospital orderlies was standing by the bedside of mr armstrong as his daughter and the surgeon entered the patient was talking loudly i'll tell you i will go they have carried off mary i saw them do it and i could not help her but i will go now mary walked to the bedside and bent down and kissed her father i am here father by your side i have got away from them and here i am to nurse you the patient ceased talking and a quieter expression came over his face mary took his hand in hers and quietly stroked it that's right mary he murmured are the bars of the cattle curl up see that all the shutters are closed we cannot be too careful you know i will see to it all father she said cheerfully now try to go to sleep a few more words passed from the wounded man's lips and then he lay quiet with closed eyes 
that is excellent miss armstrong the surgeon said the consciousness that you are with him has you see soothed him at once if he moves get him to drink a little of this lemonade and i will send you in some medicine for him shortly how are the wounds doctor oh i think the wounds will do the surgeon replied so far as i can tell the assegai has just missed the top of the lung by a hair's breadth two inches lower and it would have been fatal as for the wounds in the legs i don't anticipate much trouble with them they have missed both bones and arteries and are really nothing but flesh wounds and after the active healthy life your father has been living i do not think we need to be uneasy about them in half an hour the surgeon looked again sergeant blunt has arrived he said you can set your mind at ease about him it is a nasty gash but of no real importance whatever i have drawn the edges together and sewn them up he is quite in good spirits and laughed and said that a wound in the back could scarcely be called an honourable scar i can assure you that in ten days or so he will be about again could you mind telling him mary asked that i would come to see him at once but my father is holding my hand so tight that i could not draw it away without rousing him i will tell him the surgeon said oh here is the orderly with your medicine as well as your father's the orderly brought in a tray with a bowl of beef tea and a glass of wine you will take both these if you please miss armstrong i will have the other bed placed by the side of your father so that you can lie down with him holding your hand you are looking terribly pale and tired and i do not want you on my hands too the tray was placed upon the table within mary's reach and the surgeon stood by and saw that she drank the wine and beef tea he and the orderly then moved the other couch to the side of mr armstrong's bed and arranged it so that mary could lie down with her hand still in her father's now he said i recommend you to go off to sleep soon i am happy to say that your father is sleeping naturally and it may be hours before he wakes when he does so he will be sure to move and wake you and the sight of you will if he is sensible as i expect he will be go a long way towards his cure captain twenty man when he returned in the afternoon from a reconnaissance that he had been making with a portion of the troop called at once to see ronald but was told that he was sound asleep and so left word that he would come again in the morning the news of sergeant blunt's desperate attempt to rescue three white women who had been carried off by the kaffirs had when reported by lieutenant nolan been the subject of much talk in the camp everyone admitted that it was a breach of discipline thus to leave the party of which he was in command when upon special service but no one seriously blamed him for this admiration of the daring action and regret for the loss of so brave a soldier 
for none thought that there was the slightest chance of ever seeing him again overpowered all other feelings mr nolan stated that the surgeon had told him that one of the three women was the daughter of the wounded man he had brought in with him and that he had known her and her father before and it was generally agreed that there must have been something more than the mere acquaintance in the case to induce the surgeon to undertake such a desperate enterprise great interest was therefore excited when upon the return of lieutenant daniel's party it became known that he had fallen in with sergeant blunt and a young lady and that the surgeon was severely wounded all sorts of questions were asked the lieutenant ten to one she's pretty daniels a young subaltern said she's pretty milor another broke in i caught a glimpse of her and she's as pretty a girl as i have seen in the colony though of course she's looking utterly worn out he is a gentleman another officer who had just come up said i have been talking to nolan and he tells me that sergeant blunt spoke of her as a lady and said that her father had served in the army and fought as a young ensign at waterloo mr armstrong is a gentleman lieutenant daniel said he had a farm on the cabousie river that is where blunt got to know him he had the reputation of being a wealthy man blunt was in command of a party who came up and saved them when they were attacked by the kaffirs on christmas day so this is the second time he has rescued the young lady i hope mr armstrong isn't going to be a stern father and spoil the whole romance of the business young Melor laughed one of your troopers daniels however brave a fellow can hardly be considered as good as a match for a heiress blunt is as much a gentleman as i am lieutenant daniel said quietly i know nothing whatever of his history or what his real name is for i expect that blunt is only a nom de guerre but i do know that he is a gentleman and i am sure he has served as an officer more than i do not want to know unless he chooses to tell me himself i suppose he got into some scrape or another at home but i couldn't mind making a heavy bet that whatever it was it was nothing dishonorable but how did he get her away from the kaffirs it seems almost an impossibility i asked the headman of the fingos who was with him another said but he had already got three parts wrong so i did not get much out of him but as far as i could make out they carried her off from macomo's kraal in the heart of the amatolas oh come now that seems altogether absurd two or three of the officers standing round laughed and milor said orpheus going down to fetch eurydice back from hades could have had an easy task of it in comparison i am glad to see that you have not forgotten your classical learning milor one of the older officers said 
but certainly of the two i would rather undertake the task of orpheus who was pretty decently treated after all than go to macomo's kraal to fetch back a lady-love well i suppose we shall hear about it to-morrow but i can hardly believe this story to be true the natives are such liars there is no believing what they say the next morning after breakfast captain twentyman and lieutenant daniels walked across to the hospital they first saw the surgeon well doctor how is my sergeant on the highway to recovery the surgeon said cheerfully of course the wound will be a fortnight perhaps three weeks before it is healed up sufficiently for him to return to duty but otherwise there is nothing of the matter with him a long night's rest has pulled him round completely he is a little weak from loss of blood but there is no harm in that there is i think no fear whatever of fever or other complications it is simply a question of the wound healing up and the colonist armstrong's his name is i think whose daughter was carried away how is he going on much better his daughter's presence at once calmed his delirium and this morning when he woke up after a good night's sleep he was conscious and will now i think do well he is very weak but that does not matter and he is perfectly content lying there holding his daughter's hand he has asked no questions as to how she got back again and of course i have told her not to allude to the subject and to check him at once if he does so the poor girl looks all the better for her night's rest she was a wan-looking creature when she arrived yesterday morning but is fifty per cent better already and with another day or two rest and the comfort of seeing her father going on well she will soon get her color and tone back again i suppose we can go up and see blunt and hear about his adventures oh yes talking with him would do no harm i will come with you for i was too busy this morning when i went my rounds to have any conversation with him except as to his wound my inquiries are partly personal and partly official captain twentyman said colonel Somerset asked me this morning to see blunt and gather any information as to the kaffir's positions that might be useful i went yesterday evening to question the fingo head man who went with him but he and all his men were as drunk as pigs i hear that when they first arrived they said they had carried the girl off from macombo kraal but of course there must be some mistake they never could have ventured into the heart of the amatolas and come out alive the three officers proceeded together to the ward in which ronald was lying well sergeant how did you feel yourself captain twentyman asked oh i'm all right sir ronald answered cheerfully my back smarts a bit of course but that is nothing i hope i shall be in the saddle again before long at any rate before the advance is made 
i hope so blunt and now if you feel up to telling it i want to hear about your adventure colonel somerset asked me to inquire as it will throw some light on the numbers and positions of the kaffirs besides the whole camp is wanted to know how you succeeded in getting miss armstrong out of the hands of the kaffirs i can assure you that there is nothing else talked about there is nothing much to talk about as far as i am concerned sir ronald said it was the fingos doing altogether and they could have managed as well indeed better without me except that they would not have done it unless you have been with them no perhaps not ronald admitted i was lucky enough down at port elizabeth to fish out the son of creta the head man of the party who had been washed off his feet in the surf and it was out of gratitude for that that he followed me yes we heard about that business from mr nolan and although you speak lightly of it it was he tell us a very gallant affair indeed but now as to this other matter in the first place captain twentyman i admit that going off as i did was a great breach of duty i can only say that i shall be willing cheerfully to submit to any penalty the colonel may think fit to inflict i had no right whatever to leave my detachment on what was really private business but even if i had been certain that i should have been shot as a deserter on my return to the regiment i should not have hesitated in acting as i did we all understand your feelings blunt captain twentyman said kindly and you have not need to make yourself uneasy on that score to punish a man for acting as you have done would be as bad as the sea story of the captain who flogged a seaman who jumped overboard to save a comrade for leaving the ship without orders now for your story all we have heard is that your fingo says you carried off the young lady from macomo's kraal but of course that is not believed it is quite true nevertheless ronald said well this is how it was sir and he gave a full account of the whole adventure well i congratulate you most heartily captain twentyman said when he finished it is really a wonderful adventure a most gallant business indeed and the whole corps officers and men will be proud of it i should be glad sir if there could be some reward given to creta and his men as you will have seen from my story any credit that there is in the matter is certainly their due i will see to that the officer replied the fingo desires are happily easily satisfied a good rifle a few cows and a barrel of whisky make up his ideal of happiness i think i can promise you they shall have all this in the afternoon mr armstrong again dropped off to a quiet sleep this time he was not holding his daughter's hand and as soon as she saw that he was fairly off she stole out of the room and finding the surgeon asked if he would take her up to the ward where sergeant blond was lying yes i shall be happy to take you up at once miss armstrong 
everything is tidy just at present for i have had a message from colonel somerset that he and the general are coming round the wards i don't suppose they will be here for half an hour so you can come up at once the sick men in the wards were surprised when the surgeon entered accompanied by a young lady she passed shyly along between the rows of beds until she reached that of ronald she put her hand in his but for a moment was unable to speak ronald saw her agitation and said cheerfully i am heartily glad miss armstrong to hear from the doctor such a good account of your father as for me i shall not be in his hands many days i told you it was a mere scratch and i believe that a good-sized piece of sticking plaster was all that was wanted you haven't thought me unkind for not coming to see you before i hope the girl said but i have not been able till now to leave my father's room for a moment i quite understood that miss armstrong and indeed there was no occasion for you to come to me at all it would have been quite time enough when i was up and about again i only wish that it was likely that mr armstrong would be on his feet as soon as i shall oh he's going on very well mary said i consider that you have saved his life as well as mine i feel sure it is only having me with him again that has made such a change in him as has taken place since yesterday the doctor says so too i have not told him yet how it has all come about but i hope ere very long he may be able to thank you for both of us you thanked me more than enough yesterday miss armstrong and i am not going to listen to it any more as far as i can see you could not have done me any greater service than by giving me the opportunity you have everyone seems disposed to take quite a ridiculous view of the matter and i may look forward to getting a troop sergeantship when there is a vacancy the girl shook her head she was too much in earnest even to pretend to take a light view of the matter just at that moment there was a trampling of horses outside and the sharp sound of sentries presenting arms here is the general ronald said with a smile and although i don't wish you to hurry you away miss armstrong i think you had better to go back to your father i don't know whether the chief would approve of lady visitors in the hospital good-bye the girl said giving him her hand you won't let me thank you but you know i know ronald replied good-bye she looked round for the surgeon who had after taking her up to ronald moved away for a short distance but he was gone having hurried off to meet the general below and with a last nod to ronald she left the ward she passed out through the door into the courtyard just as the group of officers were entering that is miss armstrong the surgeon said as she passed out what the girl who was rescued colonel somerset said a very pretty lady-like looking young woman i am not surprised now that i see her at this desperate exploit of my sergeant no indeed the general said smiling 
it's curious colonel what men will do for a pretty face those other two poor creatures who were carried off were both murdered and i don't suppose their deaths have greatly distressed this young fellow one way or the other no doubt he would have been glad to rescue them but i imagine that their deaths have not in any way caused him to regard his mission as a failure i suppose that is human nature colonel colonel somerset laughed you and i could have seen the matter in the same light when we were youngsters general the officers went through the wards stopping several times to speak a few words with the patients so this is the deserter colonel somerset said with some assumed sternness as they stopped by ronald's bedside well sir we have had a good many of those black rascals desert from our ranks but you are the first white soldier who has deserted since the war began of course you expect a drumhead court-martial and shooting as soon as the doctor lets you out of his hands ronald saw the old colonel was not in earnest it was very bad colonel he said and i can only throw myself on your mercy you have done well my lad very well the colonel said laying his hand on his shoulder there are some occasions when even military laws give place to questions of humanity and this was essentially one of them you are a fine fellow sir and i am proud that you belong to my corps the general who had stopped behind speaking to another patient now came up you have done a very gallant action sergeant blunt he said captain twentyman has reported the circumstances to me but when you are out of the hospital you must come to headquarters and tell me your own story will you see to this colonel somerset certainly sir i will send him over or rather bring him over to you as soon as he's about for i should like to hear the whole story also in ten days ronald mervyn was on his feet again although not yet fit for duty the wound had healed rapidly but the surgeon said it would be at least another fortnight before he would be fit for active service as soon as he was able to go out and sit on the benches in the hospital yard many of his comrades came to see him and there was a warmth and earnestness in their congratulations which showed that short as his time had been in the corpse he was thoroughly popular with them sergeant menzies was particularly hearty in his greeting i knew you were the right sort harry blunt as soon as i set eyes upon you he said but i did not expect you were going to cut us all out so soon how is my horse sergeant oh he's none the worse for it i think he has been taking walking exercise and his stiffness is wearing off fast i think he misses you very much and he wouldn't take his foot the first day or two he has got over it now but i know he longs to hear your voice again sometimes too mary armstrong would come out and sit for a time with ronald her father was progressing favorably and though still extremely weak was in a fair way 
towards recovery. Would you come in to see father? Mary said one morning. He knows all about it now, but it was only when he came round just now that the doctor gave leave for him to see you. I shall be very glad to see him, Ronald said, rising. I own that when I saw him last I entertained very slight hopes I should ever meet him alive again. He's still very weak, the girl said, and the doctor says he's not to be allowed to talk too much. I will only pay a short visit, but it will be a great pleasure to me to see him. I have always felt his kindness to me. Father is kind to everyone, the girl said, simply. In this instance, his kindness has been returned a hundredfold. By this time, they had reached the door of the ward. Here is Mr. Blount come to see you, father. Now you know that the doctor said you are not to excite yourself and not to talk too much, and if you are not good, I shall take him away. I am glad to see you are better, Mr. Armstrong, Ronald said as he went up to the bed and took the thin hand in his own. God bless you, my boy, the wounded man replied. It is to you I owe my recovery, for had you not brought Mary back to me, I should be a dead man now and would have been glad of it. I am very glad, Mr. Armstrong, to have been able to be of service to your daughter and to you, but do not let us talk about it now. I am sure that you cannot do so without agitating yourself, and the great point at present, with us all, is for you to be up and about again. Do your wounds hurt you much? Not much, and yours, Blunt? Oh, mine is a mere nothing ronald said cheerfully it's healing up fast and except when i forget all about it and move sharply i scarcely feel it i feel something like the proverbial man who swallowed the poker and have to keep myself as stiff as if i were on inspection this ward is nice and cool much cooler than they are upstairs of course the veranda outside shades you you will find it very pleasant there when you are strong enough to get up. I am afraid that by that time I shall be off, for the troops are all on their march up from the coast, and in another ten days we expect to begin operations in earnest. I don't think the doctor ought to let you go, Mary Armstrong said. You have done quite your share, I am sure. I hope my share is finishing up with these scoundrels will be a good deal larger yet ronald laughed my share has principally been creeping and hiding except just in that last brush and there if i mistake not your share was as large as mine i only fired three shots and i think i heard your pistol go four times yes it is dreadful to think of now the girl said but somehow it didn't seem so at the time. I feel shocked now when I recall it. There is nothing to be shocked at, Miss Armstrong. It was our lives or theirs, and if your hand had not been steady and your aim true, we should neither of us be here talking over the matter now. 
but i think my visit has been long enough i will come in again mr armstrong to-morrow and i hope each day to find you more and more able to take your share in the talk in another ten days ronald rejoined his troop and the next day received an order to be ready at four o'clock to accompany colonel somerset to the generals now sergeant take a seat the general said and tell me the full story of your adventures ronald again repeated his story when he had done the general remarked your report more than bears out what i heard from captain twentyman i have already talked the matter over with colonel somerset and as we consider that such an action should be signally rewarded colonel somerset will at once apply for a commission for you in your own corps or if you would prefer it i will apply for a commission for you in one of the line regiments i may say that the application under such circumstances would certainly be acceded to i am deeply obliged to you for your kindness sir and to you colonel somerset but i regret to say that with all respect i must decline both offers decline a commission the general said in surprise why i should have thought that it was just the thing that you would have liked a dashing young fellow like you and on the eve of serious operations i can hardly understand you ronald was silent for a moment my reason for declining it sir is a purely personal one nothing would have given me greater pleasure than a commission so bestowed but there are circumstances that absolutely prevent my mingling in the society of gentlemen the name i go by is not my true one and over my own name there is so terrible a shadow resting that so long as it is there and i have little hope of its ever being cleared off i must remain as i am both officers remained silent a moment you are sure you are not exaggerating the case blunt colonel somerset said after a pause i cannot believe that this cloud of which you speak can have arisen from any act of yours and it would be a pity indeed were you to allow this family matter to weigh upon you thus ronald shook his head it is a matter in which i am personally concerned sir and i do not in any way exaggerate it i repeat i must remain in my present position if it must be so it must the general said though i am heartily sorry at least you will have the satisfaction of seeing your name in general orders this evening for an act of distinguished bravery thank you sir and ronald seeing the conversation was at an end saluted the two officers went out and rode back to his quarters the town was full of troops now for the regiments that had been dispatched from england had nearly all arrived upon the spot and the operations against the kaffirs in the amatolas were to begin at once some of the troops including two squadrons of the rifles 
were to march next morning ronald went about his duties till evening and then turned out to walk to the hospital as he passed through the streets he saw a group round one of the rifles who had just come out from a drinking shop and was engaged in a fierce altercation with a fingo the man was evidently the worse for liquor and ronald went up to him and put his hands on his shoulder you had better go off to the barracks at once he said sharply you will be getting into trouble if you stay here the man turned savagely round oh it's you sergeant blunt hadn't you better attend to your own business i am not committing any crime here i haven't been murdering women or anything of that sort ronald started back as if struck the significance of the tone in which the man spoke showed him that these were no random words but a shaft deliberately aimed in a moment he was cool again if you do not return to the barracks at one he said sternly i will fetch a corporal's ward and put you in the cells the man hesitated a moment and then muttering to himself reeled off towards the barracks had the blow come a mouth before ronald mervyn would have felt it more for absorbed in his active work on horseback the greater portion of his time the remembrance of the past had become blunted and the present had occupied all his thoughts it was only occasionally that he had looked back to the days when he was captain mervyn of the borderers but from the hour he had brought mary armstrong safely back to her father the past had been constantly in his mind because it clashed with the present before ronald mervyn and harry blunt had almost seemed to be two existences unconnected with each other now the fact of their identity had been constantly in his thoughts the question he had been asking himself over and over again was whether there could be a permanent separation between them whether he could hope to get rid of his connection with ronald mervyn and to continue to the end of the chapter as harry blunt he had told himself long before that he could not do so that sooner or later he should certainly be recognized and although he had tried to believe that he could pass through life without meeting any one familiar with his face he had been obliged to admit that this was next to impossible had he been merely a country gentleman known only to the people within a limited range of distance it would have been different but an officer who has served ten years in the army has innumerable acquaintances every move he makes brings him in contact with men of other regiments and his circle goes on constantly widening until it embraces no small portion of the officers of the army then every soldier who had passed through his regiment while he had been in it would know his face and go where he would he knew that he would be running constant risks of detention 
more than one of the regiments that had now arrived at king williamstown had been quartered with him at one station or another and there were a score of men who would recognize him instantly did he come among them in the dress of an officer this unexpected recognition therefore by a trooper in his own corps did not come upon him with so sudden a shock as it would have done a month previously i knew it must come he said to himself bitterly and that it might come at any moment still it is a shock who is this man i wonder it seemed to me when he first came up that i had some faint remembrance of his face though where i have not the least idea it was not in the regiment for he knows nothing of drill or military habits of course if he had been a deserter he would have pretended ignorance but one can always tell by little things whether a man has served and i am sure that this fellow has not i suppose he comes from somewhere down home well it can't be helped fortunately i have won a good name before this discovery is made and i am likely to reap the benefit of what doubt there may be when a man shows that he has a fair amount of pluck his comrades are slow to credit him with bad qualities on the whole perhaps it is well that it should have come on this evening of all when i had quite made up my mind as to my course for it strengthens me in my decision as to what i ought to do it is hard to throw away happiness but this shows how rightly i decided nothing will shake me now poor little girl it is hard for her harder by far than for me however it is the best that she should know it now than learn it when too late end of chapter fourteen recording by gabby cowan